Good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Oh, we're all here. Okay, great. Great. It's so good to be with you. Before we jump right into the scripture reading, I want to remind you that just this week, we are beginning many of our life groups for this fall season. If you are not already in a life group, let me strongly encourage you as strongly as I can to get in a life group. What we do here on Sunday morning is crucial, but I want to suggest to you where real transformation and life change happens is in when we meet with brothers and sisters for prayer and study and encouragement every week or every other week. So if you're not already in a group, please get in a group. You can find information here in this brochure that says connect on the front. It's a list of our life groups. You can find it on our website, website timberlakeumc.org, and there's a list of the groups right there. Now, there's two new groups I want to make you aware of. One is being led by my brother Kevin Knight. And Kevin usually comes to the service. Kevin, are you back there? Kevin's way in the back. Wave to Kevin. Kevin's leading a group for men and women who are experiencing or have experienced divorce. And so if that's you or someone you know, come be a part of that. It's an awesome group. Kevin is an authentic disciple of Jesus. He wants to help heal hearts. So come be a part of that. There's another new group um, called the Blended Family. It's being led by Tiffany McGann. And this is for people who are part of Blended Families who would like to have some support and encouragement and how to make life work in challenging circumstances. So those are just two of the dozens and dozens of groups that we have, and uh, we hope that you will check them out. All right, our scripture reading for this morning is Exodus 4, verses 1 through 5. Exodus 4, 1 through 5. Then Moses answered, But suppose they do not believe me or listen to me, but say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And Moses said, A staff. And God said, throw it on the ground. So he threw the staff on the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses drew back from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and seize it by the tail. So he reached out his hand and grasped it, and it became a staff in his hand, so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And let all God's people say amen. Amen. So Moses met God at the burning bush, and God used this moment to call Moses into God's work. God is calling Moses, go confront Pharaoh, say to him, let my people go, and we are going to set the people free out of slavery and deliver them all the way to the promised land. So what I want you to see about that is Moses' day job was a shepherd. That's what he did for a living. But God's call on his life was to something else, something beyond. God was calling him to be a prophet. God was calling him to be a mouthpiece for God's people. So last week we talked about Moses' excuses, and some of us got honest about our list of excuses, about all the reasons why God just had it wrong and God could not possibly be calling us or calling Moses into this particular work. And in God's grace, even in the midst of all the excuses that Moses has for him, God is not giving up on Moses. So even when Moses is ready to give up on himself, God is not giving up on Moses, and God asks him a question. And this is the question that changes everything. And this is the question I want to focus in on this morning as we talk. This is the question that was the catalyst for all of the resources that Moses would need in order to accomplish his mission. So this morning, I want to invite you to consider the same question for yourself and to let it inspire you with confidence in God's provision, with the belief that God is giving you exactly what you need and has already given you exactly what you need to live this life. Okay, are you ready for the question? Look with me, Exodus 4, verse 2. 
The Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? What's in your hand? That's simple enough, right? But this question has profound implications, and we're going to talk about it together. Welcome to the fifth week in our six-part series we're calling Dare to Dream. We are daring each other during this season of our lives to dream big dreams for God and to imagine what is possible because of God's grace. Our goal is that by the end of the series, by next week, you will have actually written, crafted a life mission statement for yourself. We want you to be discovering who it is God is calling you to be and what it is God is calling you to do with your life. And one of the keys to discovering this mission and completing it is your answer to this question. God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses said, what? A staff. He was a shepherd, of course, so he carried a stick, right? He carried a staff to protect and to guide the sheep. And maybe Moses is thinking, so what? You know, it's a staff, it's this ordinary thing. What's the big deal? What difference can this make? And God said, throw it on the ground. So Moses, in his obedience, he throws it on the ground, and it became what? A snake. It became a snake. And the story says, I love this, Moses drew back from it. Now, that's so wonderfully understated to me. Uh, I don't know about you, but if it were me and I had a stick... And then I put it on the ground, and then it was a snake. Uh, what I would have done is screamed like a little girl and then run the other way. Now, I know that that's what I would have done because my kids at our house, they have this stuffed animal snake. And um, they got it from a, from a neighbor. Um, and they, for some reason, thought it would be funny to uh, take the snake and put it there in my bed. And then, um, then they took the covers, and they covered it up. So when dad was good and tired, you know, late at night and it's time to go to bed and I'm, I'm relaxing and unwinding and, and then I pulled the covers back and I jumped and I screamed and it took me a long time to settle down again after I found the snake <laughs> in my bed. Um, and, and now, you know, every once in a while I just, I, I get a little, a little intimidated, a little scared and I sort of peek and see <laughs> because they've done it over and over again. They... <laughs> They think it's hilarious to hear their dad scream like a girl. I don't, I don't think it's funny at all. But uh, So God said to Moses, reach out your hand, grab the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out, and he grabbed it, and it became a staff again in his hand. And God said, you will do this so that they will believe that I'm the one who sent you. This is the sign of my power, that this is the sign of their Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm the one who has sent you. I'm the one who has appeared to you. And I want you to notice something. In Moses' hand, it was just a staff. But when he opened his hand, when he put it in God's hand, it became a miracle. It turned from a stick into a snake. I mean, come on. It, it, it turned it from Moses' hand as a staff into God's hand. It was a sign of power. It was a sign, a reminder of the living God, that this God is still alive and active in the world. Now, what was Moses' part to play in all this? His job was to open his hand, release it to increase it. When I say release it, you say increase it. Ready? Release it to increase it. Release it to increase it. All of us have to make a decision, my friends, about whether we are going to spend our days worrying about what we don't have or 
open our eyes and open our ears and see and hear all the ways that God is already blessing us and acknowledge that God has given us so much in terms of resources and gifts and abilities that we can use for God's kingdom. You see, in Jesus Christ, you already have all you need to accomplish the mission. Jesus is putting people in your life to show you the way. He's given you gifts, spiritual gifts, by the Holy Spirit. He's helping you overcome your excuses. In his grace, Jesus has put in your hands everything that you need for this life to fulfill your God dream. Think about what Moses had in his hand, an ordinary shepherd's staff. And what would he have used it for? Well, he probably would have used it as a hiking stick when he was climbing up rocky hillsides to, to chase down the sheep. He probably would have used it as a weapon to you know, ward off predators that would try to eat his sheep. The wolves and coyotes came around. He could swing that thing. Remember, the, there's a crook on the top of the shepherd's staff. He would have used that to gently put it around the, the neck of the sheep and guide them and direct them and keep them from falling into the ditch, as the sheep sometimes do. But when Moses opened his hand and he turned his staff over to God, in God's hand, the staff became much, much more. You know the story of Moses, right? You know in God's hands, that same staff would be used to intimidate Pharaoh. In God's hand, that same staff would be used to part the Red Sea. In God's hand, that same staff would be used to bring water out of the rock. In God's hand, that staff would be used to lead God's people through the wilderness and all the way to the promised land. Just an ordinary staff, but in God's hands, life-changing. Release it to increase it. There's a poem about this idea, and I don't always share poems in the, in the sermon, but this is such a good one. It's uh, written by a woman named Myra Welch, and it's called The Touch of the Master's Hand. I wonder if you've heard it before. "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. "'What am I bid, good people?' he cried. "'Who starts the bidding for me? One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up his strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angels sing.' The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, What now am I bid for this old violin, as he held it aloft with its bow? One thousand? One thousand? Do I hear two? Two thousand? Who makes it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, going and gone, said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried, We just don't understand. What changed its worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's. The touch of the master's hand. My friends, everything changes when we turn over what we have and put it in God's hands. I find this to be especially true of our finances, of our money. You know, when we think about gifts and abilities, we don't necessarily think about our wallets or our bank accounts. But the same holds true there because when we turn over to God, that kind of resource, God can do amazing things with it. This week we had a chapel actually in this very room with the Early Learning Center, the children. We had preschool chapel and I led them. And we told the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You know that story? 
Such a powerful story of God's abundance. So uh, the story goes, there was a huge crowd, and Jesus was there teaching and ministering, and it was getting to be dinner time, and the disciples came and said, hey, you know, we gotta, we got to feed these people. They're hungry. What are we going to do? There was no McDonald's on the corner. And so uh, Jesus said, well, you know, how are we going to feed all these people? And just then, a little boy comes by, and he's got his, his dinner with him, and it's five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus took it, and he multiplied it, and he fed thousands and thousands of people. So you see, in the little boy's hands, it's just a simple dinner, five loaves and two fish. But when it's in Jesus' hands, it becomes enough to feed everyone with enough left over to fill 12 baskets with extra bread. My friends, that is the story of God's abundance. That is the story of the power of Jesus Christ. When we give and put things in his hands, he can do incredible things with it. And so when we release our grip on these things like money and we allow God to use them for God's purposes, God multiplies our gifts and uses them to transform lives, the lives of the people in this church, the lives of the people in this community and around the world, your life, my life. Just like everything else, when we release it, we increase it. So I hope you've been thinking about your burning bush, about God's call on your life during this sermon series together. I want you to realize this morning that you already have what you need right here in your hands. Now you have to release it to increase it. Look with me at your Connections Journal. It looks like this. It's in your bulletin every Sunday. If you don't have one there, look on with your neighbor if you would. Look with me at Thursday. It says, discovering a God-sized mission for my life. And here's what I want you to do. Write a draft of your life mission statement. So this week, I want you to put pen to paper or get out your, your computer and type it out. And I want you to write a draft of your mission statement. And then, once you've written that, if you would be willing to share it, I would love for you to email it to me. And my email is there. And if you're willing, and of course I'll get your permission first, I would share it with other people so they can be encouraged and they can see what other people in this church are hearing from God. Now, all along, we've been talking about clues to your mission and some different ideas like the people you admire and the spiritual gifts you've been giving and the excuses you've held. All of those clues are listed together in one place. You'll see here there's a link, timberlakeumc.org slash file slash dare to dream worksheet. If you go to the Connections Journal page on our website and click on dare to dream worksheet, you can find all of this stuff right there in one handy place along with some sample life mission statements from other other people so you can get some idea about what this is really all about and what we're asking you to do and this morning I want to share with you a couple of examples of some mission statements of other people like yourselves other United Methodists who have heard the call from God so listen to this one person says my life mission is to change the lives of senior adults by seeking and developing opportunities to teach mentor and guide retired members of our church Doesn't that sound good Here's another one. My life mission is to help children through the pain of neglect, feeling unloved, and living through the struggles of abuse. That is so important. Here's a third one. My life mission is to end modern-day slavery, especially in sex trafficking. I will use education to make other people aware of Virginia's link in the worldwide trafficking network. I will build local programs to strengthen the self-worth of women who have been abused. Wow, my friends, that is an awesome goal. 
How about this one? My life mission is to change the life of inner city teenagers by giving them a transformative experience on a rural farm. I will instill hope and dignity in them through the hard work of farm chores, by cultivating a mentoring relationship with them, by nurturing their strengths, and by getting them involved in the life of the local church. That is so awesome. I hope by now you are getting some idea about what your life mission statement is going to sound like. Now, in addition to the clues that we've already explored, I want to leave you with one more this morning. Uh, And it's really quite simple, and it has to do with your head and your heart and your hands. Your head and your heart and your hands. John Wesley, who was an Anglican priest and who founded the Methodist movement that has now become the United Methodist Church, he understood that religion resides in these three places, in your head and in your heart and in your hands. And it's actually very biblical and very simple. If you remember the words of Jesus, he said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Okay, so there it is right there in the Bible, right there in the words of Jesus. So what does this look like? Well, your head is used for knowing and for learning, for knowing God, for studying the scriptures, for developing a theological understanding. In other words, a God-centered understanding for this world and for your place in it. That's your head. Your heart is where your passion lives. Your heart is what is stirred when you hear about someone in your neighborhood who's in need. Your heart is the part of you that feels moved uh, when you get convicted or when you feel challenged or when you're encouraged. So that's your heart. And your hands, your hands are used for working in God's kingdom. Our hands remind us that the good news of God is made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. That God didn't just send a letter, he sent his own son in flesh and blood to show us the love of God. And our hands then can be used to reach and to touch and to bless other people. Look with me again at your Connections Journal. Look at Wednesday, and there are three questions. These questions are related to head and heart and hands. Look, number one, under Wednesday. What is the knowledge of my head that I have already received for ministry? In other words, what are the things that you know that maybe not everybody knows that you could use in service to God? Look at number two. What is the passion of my heart? What is it you get excited about? What is that burden that you feel sort of weighing on? You need to do something about it for God and for your neighbor. And then three, what tools or gifts has God already placed in my hands? What are the things that you're good at doing that maybe not everybody else is good at doing? My friends, God has given you gifts, gifts of your head and of your heart and of your hands to use in God's service. I love it when the disciples of Jesus answer questions like this. Because it fuels the fire of God's love and it inspires us to become who God is calling us to become. So maybe you're good at fixing things. Maybe you're good at teaching math. Maybe you're good at playing music. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you can use it for God's purposes. You can release it to increase it. Just like God has done for Jim. I want to tell you about Jim. Jim is a guy who's good at fixing stuff, and uh, when Jim became a disciple of Jesus a while back, he decided he was going to use the ability of his hands to help his neighbors, and so he started a car ministry, 
And what Jim does is he takes cars that everybody else is ready to get rid of. You know, your car, like when it's on its last leg and you're like, oh, I don't think she's going to make it any farther. And you, you give it away or you sell it. Jim takes those kind of cars and he fixes them up and he gives them away to families in need. And Jim and his team have been doing this for about 18 years. And they estimate that they've repaired about 1,200 cars. 1,200 cars that they have serviced and, and upgraded and made run safe and reliably for families in need. 1,200 families affected because Jim said, okay, I'm going to take the knowledge of my head and this passion of my heart to help others and this ability I have with my hands, and I'm going to create uh, cars, make cars, and repair them for people who are in need. That's the difference that you can make. Let me tell you about Bridget. Bridget has the spiritual gifts of encouragement and compassion and service. Now, Bridget lives in a small farming community, and it's the kind of place that you would not imagine that there is much poverty. But it turns out that there are hundreds of kids in the elementary schools in that community where the kids come to school on Monday morning, and they tell their teacher, I'm hungry. And they are hungry because they did not get very much to eat over the weekend. So these are kids on free and reduced breakfast and lunch. And they get a meal in the morning for breakfast at school. And they eat a good lunch at school. But they go home and there's really not very much food in the pantry. Now Bridget is a mom. And that did not sit well with her. That there are kids in her community who are going to school hungry. And so she discerned a vision from God that she could help make a difference about that. And so what she did, she got some friends. She said, hey, I've got an idea. Will you help me? And she went to some churches, and she said, would you give some money to make this thing happen? And now every Friday, hundreds of kids in that community go home with a backpack full of food so that they have something to eat on the weekends. What I want you to see is these are ordinary people my friends. They're ordinary, regular people who are doing extraordinary things because they have turned over their gifts and abilities over to God's care and let God use those things in service to the world. Release it to increase it. In Moses' hand, it was just a staff, but when he let it go, it became a sign of God's power. Now, see, in your throat, it may be just a song, but when you sing it for God's glory, God can use it to change hearts and lives with the message of the gospel. In your bank account, it may be just cash, but when you turn it over to God, it becomes an engine to make ministry happen. In your mind, it may simply just be knowledge of algebra or technology or literature, but when you let it go for God, it becomes a mentoring relationship that shapes the life of a young person. In your life, it may just be an hour or two a week, but when you let that time go for God and you gather in a life group with other disciples, my friends, lives are changed. Your life and my life and the lives of the people in this community. Whatever it is, God has given it to you. And God is inviting you. Release it to 